Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Second Canto, Chapter 3, Texts 13 through 18. Text 13. Shonaka said, The son of Vyasadev, Srila Sukadev Goswami, was a highly learned sage and was able to describe things in a poetic manner. What did Maharaj Parikit again inquire from him after hearing all that he had said? Purport by Srila Prabhupada. A pure devotee of the Lord automatically develops all godly qualities, and some of the prominent features of those qualities are as follows. He is kind, peaceful, truthful, equable, faultless, magnanimous, mild, clean, non-possessive, a well-wisher to all, satisfied, surrendered to Krishna, without hankering, simple, fixed, self-controlled, a balanced eater, sane, mannerly, prideless, grave, sympathetic, friendly, poetic, expert, and silent. Out of these 26 prominent features of a devotee, as described by Krishnadas Kaviraj in his Chaitanya Charitamrita, the qualification of being poetic is especially mentioned herein in relation to Sukadev Goswami. The presentation of Srimad Bhagavatam by his recitation is the highest poetic contribution. He was a self-realized learned sage, in other words, he was a poet amongst the sages. Text 14 O learned Sutta Goswami, please continue to explain such topics to us because we are all eager to hear. Besides that, Topics which result in the discussion of Lord Hari should certainly be discussed in the assembly of devotees. Report by Srila Prabhupada As we have already quoted from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of Rupa Goswami, even mundane things, if dovetailed in the service of Lord Sri Krishna, are accepted as transcendental. For example, the epics or the histories of the Ramayan and the Mahabharat, which are specifically mentioned for the less intelligent classes, women, sudras, and unworthy sons of the higher castes, 
were also accepted as Vedic literature because they are compiled in connection with the activities of the Lord. Mahabharat is accepted as the fifth division of the Vedas after its first four divisions, namely Sama, Yajur, Rig, and Atharva. The less intelligent do not accept Mahabharat as part of the Vedas, but great sages and authorities accept it as the fifth division of the Vedas. Bhagavad Gita is also part of the Mahabharat, and it is full of the Lord's instructions for the less intelligent class of men. Some less intelligent men say that Bhagavad Gita is not meant for the householders. But such foolish men forget that the Bhagavad Gita was explained to Arjuna, a grihasta, a family man, and spoken by the Lord in his role as a grihasta. So, Bhagavad Gita, although containing the high philosophy of the Vedic wisdom, is for the beginners in the transcendental science. And Srimad Bhagavatam is for the graduates and postgraduates in the transcendental science. Therefore, literatures like Mahabharat, the Puranas, and similar other literatures, which are full of the pastimes of the Lord, are all transcendental literatures, and they should be discussed with full confidence in the society of great devotees. The difficulty is that such literatures, when discussed by professional men, appear to be mundane literature, like histories or epics, because there are so many historical facts and figures. It is said here, therefore, that such literatures should be discussed in the assembly of devotees. Unless they are discussed by devotees, such literatures cannot be relished by the higher class of men. So the conclusion is that the Lord is not impersonal in the ultimate issue. He is the Supreme Person, and he has his different activities. He is the leader of all living entities, and he descends at his will by his personal energy to reclaim the fallen souls. Thus, he plays exactly like the social, political, or religious leaders. Because such roles ultimately culminate in the discussion of the topics of the Lord, all such preliminary topics are also transcendental. That is the way of spiritualizing the civic activities of human society. Men have inclinations for studying history and many other mundane literatures, stories, fiction, dramas, magazines, newspapers, etc. So let them be dovetailed with the transcendental service of the Lord, and all of them will turn to the topics relished by the devotees. The propaganda that the Lord is impersonal, that he has no activity, and that he is a dumb stone without any name or form, has encouraged people to become godless, faithless demons. And the more they deviate from the transcendental activities of the Lord, the more they become accustomed to mundane activities that only clear the path to hell instead of returning home back to Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam begins from the history of the Pandavas with necessary politics and social activities. And yet, Srimad Bhagavatam is said to be Paramahamsa Samhita, 
or the Vedic literature meant for the topmost transcendentalist. And it describes param gyanam, the highest transcendental knowledge. Pure devotees of the Lord are all paramahamsas, and they are all like swans who know the art of sucking milk out of a mixture of milk and water. Text 15. Maharaj Pariket, the grandson of the Pandavas, was from his very childhood a great devotee of the Lord. Even while playing with dolls, he used to worship Lord Krishna by imitating the worship of the family deity. Purport by Srila Prabhupada in the Bhagavad Gita 641, it is stated that even a person who has failed in the proper discharge of yoga practice is given a chance to take birth in the house of devote Brahmins or in the house of rich men, like Kshatriya kings or rich merchants. But Maharaj Parekat was more than that, because he had been a great devotee of the Lord since his previous birth, and as such, he took his birth in an imperial family of the Kurus and especially that of the Pandavas. So from the very beginning of his childhood, he had the chance to know intimately the devotional service of Lord Krishna in his own family. The Pandavas, all being devotees of the Lord, certainly venerated family deities in the royal palace for worship. Children who appear in such families fortunately generally imitate such worship of the deities, even in the way of childhood play. By the grace of Lord Sri Krishna, we had the chance of being born in a Vaishnava family, and in our childhood, we imitated the worship of Lord Krishna by imitating our father. Our father encouraged us in all respects to observe all the functions, such as Rathiatra and Doliatra ceremonies and he used to spend money liberally for distributing prasad to us children and our friends. Our spiritual master, who also took birth in a Vaishnava family, got all inspirations from his great Vaishnava father, Thakur Bhaktivinod. That is the way of all lucky Vaishnava families. The celebrated Mirabai was a staunch devotee of Lord Krishna, as the great lifter of Govardhan Hill. The life history of many such devotees is almost the same, because there is always symmetry between the early lives of all great devotees of the Lord. According to Jiva Goswami, Maharaj Pariket must have heard about the childhood pastimes of Lord Krishna at Vrindavan, for he used to imitate the pastimes with his young playmates. According to Sridhar Swami, Maharaj Pariket used to imitate the worship of the family deity by elder members. Srila Viswanath Chakrabarti also confirms the viewpoint of Jiva Goswami. So, accepting either of them, Maharaj Pariket was naturally inclined to Lord Krishna from his very childhood. He might have imitated either of the above-mentioned activities 
and all of them establish his great devotion from his very childhood, a symptom of a Mahabhagavat. Such Mahabhagavats are called Nityasiddhas, or souls liberated from birth. But there are also others who may not be liberated from birth, but who develop a tendency for devotional service by association. And they are called sadhana siddhas. There is no difference between the two in the ultimate issue. And so the conclusion is that everyone can become a sadhana siddha, a devotee of the Lord, simply by association with the pure devotees. A concrete example is our great spiritual master, Srila Narada Muni. In his previous life, he was simply a boy of a maidservant. But through association with great devotees, he became a devotee of the Lord of his own standard, unique in the history of devotional service. Text 16 Sukadev Goswami, the son of Yasadev, was also full in transcendental knowledge and was a great devotee of Lord Krishna, son of Vasudev. So there must have been discussion of Lord Krishna, who was glorified by great philosophers and in the company of great devotees. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The word satam is very important in this verse. Satam means pure devotees who have no other desire than to serve the Lord. Only in the association of such devotees are the transcendental glories of Lord Krishna properly discussed. It is said by the Lord that his topics are full of spiritual significance and once one properly hears about him in the association of the satam, certainly one senses the great potency and so automatically attains the devotional stage of life. As already described, Maharaj Parikit was a great devotee of the Lord from his very birth, and so was Sukadev Goswami. Both of them were on the same level, although it appeared that Maharaj Parikit was a great king accustomed to royal facilities, whereas Sukadev Goswami was a typical renouncer of the world, so much so that he did not even put a cloth on his body. Superficially, Maharaj Parikit and Sukadev Goswami might seem to be opposites, but basically they were both unalloyed, pure devotees of the Lord. When such devotees are assembled together, there can be no topics save discussions of the glories of the Lord, or bhakti-yoga. In the Bhagavad-gita also, when there were talks between the Lord and his devotee Arjuna, there could not be any topic other than bhakti-yoga. However, the mundane scholars may speculate on it in their own ways. The use of the word cha after vayasiki suggests, according to Srila Jiva Goswami, that both Sukadev Goswami and Maharaj Parikit were of the same category, settled long before, although one was playing the part of the master and the other the disciple. 
Since Lord Krishna is the center of the topics, the word Vasudev Parayana, or devotee of Vasudev, suggests devotee of Lord Krishna, the common aim. Although there were many others who assembled at the place where Maharaj Perkett was fasting, the natural conclusion is that there was no topic other than the glorification of Lord Krishna, because the principal speaker was Sukadev Goswami, and the chief audience was Maharaj Parikit. So Srimad Bhagavatam, as it was spoken and heard by two principal devotees of the Lord, is only for the glorification of the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Text 17 Both by rising and by setting, the sun decreases the duration of life of everyone, except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all-good, Personality of Godhead. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda This verse indirectly confirms the greater importance of utilizing the human form of life to realize our lost relationship with the Supreme Lord by acceleration of devotional service. Time and tide wait for no man. So the time, indicated by the sunrise and the sunset, will be uselessly wasted if such time is not properly utilized for realizing identification of spiritual values. Even a fraction of the duration of life wasted cannot be compensated by any amount of gold. Human life is simply awarded to the living entity, a jiva, so that he can realize his spiritual identity and his permanent source of happiness. A living being, especially the human being, is seeking happiness because happiness is the natural situation of the living entity. But he is vainly seeking happiness in the material atmosphere. A living being is, constitutionally, a spiritual spark of the complete whole and his happiness can be perfectly perceived in spiritual activities. The Lord is the complete spirit whole, and his name, form, qualities, pastimes, entourage, and personality are all identical with him. Once a person comes into contact with any one of the above-mentioned energies of the Lord through the proper channel of devotional service, the door to perfection is immediately opened. In the Bhagavad Gita 2.40, the Lord has explained such contact in the following words. Endeavors in devotional service are never baffled, nor is there failure. A slight beginning of such activities is sufficient even to deliver a person from the great ocean of material fears. As a highly potent drug injected intravenously acts at once in the whole body, the transcendental topics of the Lord, injected through the ear by the pure devotee of the Lord, can act very efficiently. Oral realization of the transcendental message 
implies total realization, just as fructification of one part of a tree implies fructification of all the other parts. This realization for a moment in the association of pure devotees like Sukadev Goswami prepares one's complete life for eternity. And thus, the sun fails to rob such pure devotees of his duration of life, inasmuch as he is constantly busy in the devotional service of the Lord, purifying his existence. Death is a symptom of the material infection of the eternal living being. Only due to material infection is the eternal living entity subjected to the law of birth, death, old age, and disease. The materialistic way of pious activities, like charity, is recommended in the Smriti Shastras as quoted by Srila Visvanath Chakrabarti Thakur. Money given in charity to a suitable person is guaranteed bank balance in the next life. Such charity is recommended to be given to a Brahmin. If the money is given in charity to a non-Brahmin without Brahminical qualification, the money is returned in the next life in the same proportion. If it is given in charity to a half-educated Brahmin, even then the money is returned double. If the money is given in charity to a learned and fully qualified Brahmin, the money is returned a hundred and a thousand times. And if the money is given to a Veda Paraga, one who has factually realized the path of the Vedas, it is returned by unlimited multiplication. The ultimate end of Vedic knowledge is realization of the personality of Godhead, Lord Krishna, as stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Vedaischasarvar Aham Eva Vedya. There is a guarantee of monies being returned if given in charity, regardless of the proportion. Similarly, a moment passed in the association of a pure devotee by hearing and chanting the transcendental messages of the Lord is a perfect guarantee for eternal life, for returning home back to Godhead. Maddama gatva ponar janma na vidyate. In other words, a devotee of the Lord is guaranteed eternal life. A devotee's old age or disease in the present life is but an impetus to such guaranteed eternal life. Text 18 Do the trees not live? Do the bellows of the blacksmith not breathe? All around us, do the beasts not eat and discharge semen? Purport by Srila Prabhupada The materialistic man of the modern age will argue that life, or a part of it, is never meant for discussions of theosophical or theological arguments. Life is meant for the maximum duration of existence, for eating, drinking, sexual intercourse, making merry, and enjoying life. The modern man wants to live forever by the advancement of material science. 
and there are many foolish theories for prolonging life to the maximum duration. But the Srimad Bhagavatam affirms that life is not meant for so-called economic development or advancement of material science for the hedonistic philosophy of eating, mating, drinking, and merrymaking. Life is solely meant for tapasya, for purifying existence, so that one may enter into eternal life just after the end of the human form of life. The materialists want to prolong life as much as possible because they have no information of the next life. They want to get the maximum comforts in this present life because they think conclusively that there is no life after death. This ignorance about the eternity of the living being and the change of covering in the material world has played havoc in the structure of modern human society. Consequently, there are many problems, multiplied by various plans of modernized man. The plans for solving the problems of society have only aggravated the troubles. Even if it is possible to prolong life more than 100 years, advancement of human civilization does not necessarily follow. The Bhagavatam says that certain trees live for hundreds and thousands of years. At Vrindavan, there is a tamarin tree, the place is known as Imlitala, which is said to have existed since the time of Lord Krishna. In Calcutta Botanical Garden, there is a banyan tree, said to be older than 500 years, and there are many such trees all over the world. Swami Sankaracharya lived only 32 years, and Lord Chaitanya lived 48 years. Does it mean that the prolonged lives of the above-mentioned trees are more important than Shankar or Chaitanya? Prolonged life without spiritual value is not very important. One may doubt that trees have life because they do not breathe, but modern scientists like Bose have already proved that there is life in plants, so breathing is no sign of actual life. The Bhagavatam says that the bellows of the blacksmith breathes very soundly, but that does not mean that the bellows has life. The materialist will argue that the life in the tree and the life in the man cannot be compared because the tree cannot enjoy life by eating palatable dishes or enjoying sexual intercourse. In his reply to this, the Bhagavatam asks whether other animals like dogs and hogs, living in the same village with the human beings, do not eat and enjoy sexual life. The specific utterance of Srimad Bhagavatam in regard to the other animals means that persons who are simply engaged in planning a better type of animal life, consisting of eating, breathing, and mating, are also animals in the shape of human beings. A society of such polished animals cannot benefit suffering humanity, for an animal can easily harm another animal, but rarely do good. 